Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We're live on Crowdcast. We're live over on YouTube. Or maybe you're listening to the podcast, in which case, hello. We love you, too. But more importantly, Justin, you are in a new place today. You're no longer in the murder basement. What's uh, what's Yeah, the upgrade. Yes. I went out the back door in the murder basement and emerged in Denver, Colorado. Wow. Um, I got John freshened Denver's up with a haircut. Yeah, did you get it the haircut is. on the plane or is it a Denver? Is that what first class is like? You get haircuts? Yep. Totally. No, no, it's a Denver haircut. I can see because you got the ham and the bell peppers. And peppers. There. Yep. That's a hundred percent. I got you. Alex always dropping some egg wraps. <laughs> um, yes, I'm in Denver for work for the next week, um, which has been fun. I'm on mountain time, baby. I'm mile high up. The air's Whoa. thin. I'm losing uh, brain power. It's all Sweet. going. This will be fun. Hey, yeah. uh, while we're having some fun, I uh, just wanted to say, hey, fuck you, Zalbs. Uh, thanks a lot for taking shots at me for missing last week. You know, I don't make fun of your holidays. Don't come after mine. All right, bro. <laughs> oh, right. I wow. forgot that happened. Yeah, <laughs> that was listen, so long. Man, ago. how was Adolf Hitler's birthday? Did you have a fun time? Oh, I wouldn't oh. know. I wasn't <laughs> celebrating that. Okay. Well, Pete, tell us, though, you were gone last week um, on a very auspicious day, 420. What did what? you do? You haven't told us. Uh, so I caught up with a lot of friends. We did a lot of Skype calls, uh, met up with a friend right. from college who now lives in Philly. Uh, you know, just uh, it was it's a lot of like, uh, you know, reaching out to friends you haven't talked to in a while, a lot of catching up, a lot of reflection, you know, kind of just mm. enjoying the moment and what's going on. A lot of being scared by your own reflection in the mirror. <laughs> Nice. Uh, Well, this is uh, slightly unrelated, but just to kind of keep moving into the show and get it back to comic books for a second. um, You guys know that we like to support emerging artists here on the show. That's one of the big things that we do, right? Uh, Now, uh, this isn't one of the guests on the show, but I did want to plug some art from an artist uh, who's pretty incredible. His name is Corbin Gross. Uh, and here, I just want to, I just want to bring, up... I love this as a new th- segment where you just plug an artist who is just doing great work. Yeah. So I wanted to bring up a piece here that really struck me. I thought it was really powerful. So I thought I'd bring it up here on the stream. So here we go. Uh, this is really gorgeous. Oh, uh, just, just look at this here. What is happening? This is just a really incredible what? piece of work. I mean, there's so much going on here that I think is important to talk about. 
Uh, again, this is by an artist named Corbin Gross. It's not 100% done. He said it's about 95% done. There's still some yeah. looks, pieces. Looks great. It I've looks never looked so well good done. in my life. Yeah. So yeah, for well. those of you listening to the podcast alone, I'm sure this will be on our Twitter It's a meatball uh, it's a sub. It's a Subway uh, and, meatball sub. That's not a cheesesteak in uh, and an artist uh, who just did this on their own was inspired by our friend Pete LePage here. Um, made a picture of Pete as the Punisher with a gun, a poodle, um, a Mountain Dew satchel, mm-hmm. um, which I know you That's dream of, Pete, and yeah. a meatball subway sandwich. Well, and, I also and, like on the gun is a giant knife, and it looks like that's been getting the most use, now, which I really appreciate. The other thing, and he clarified this, the green goo that all over you is uh, actually the green puddle that you tried to drink that time. Oh, I was <laughs> stabbing it. I was stabbing the puddle to make sure it was safe uh, before that is, drinking it. When Pete feels threatened by a puddle, he does attack Yeah, <laughs> first. And I, you may have already mentioned this. You noticed that Eliza Dushku is in the back, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Because, you know, Eliza Dushku, that's why. Yeah, Pete, you did have one question, though. Uh, what did you want to be called? Because I thought the Petisher, he said Whoa. maybe the Penisher, which uh, seems Ooh, the Penisher is good. No, yeah. no. The I peen- knew Justin would like that. The Penisher, that's yeah. good. I, uh, wow, I, I, it's freaking me out now. You can't stare at it too long. It, it's, uh, it's a little well, weird. He- the eyes follow you. You can try to walk away. <laughs> I from know this that's what's killing me. And it, it will uh, follow you because I'm staring at my face here and then here, and it's one of them's real. I'm is not it, sure which one. Is it confusing at all though that there's Pete there, but there's also Pete the poodle? Yeah, no, the human confusing. sexual dog, as we all know. Oh, for Pete's time, I as, wish that would just as a go human away. Sexual just, dog. It would be really great if that you would can't give you can't move past your past. <laughs> Otherwise, well, you'd be destined to repeat again. It. Gorgeous art. Thank you so much, Corbin Gross, yeah. for making this. It's really, really wonderful. We love it very much. I, I think it should be called something like Pete Nice. You know, something like that. Pete, Pete nice. nice. Yeah. That's weird. This is 420p talking. Um, one know. last thing about where I'm. So I'm in this uh, Denver hotel, and I'm on totally by accident. I'm on the superhero floor. So outside of my hotel room is all totally uh, by accident. Super, true. I didn't book it. It's all superhero right, right, artwork. Right. The curtains are the uh, carpet from The Shining. Um, no, it's a real classic comic out of there, bro. Yeah. It's just geek stuff, I guess. But okay. um, they have uh, Captain America's shield, and then right next to it, um, a shield with the Flash symbol on it for some reason, and Whoa. one with the green Shoot. lantern symbol for some well, reason. Well, ask to speak to a manager then and correct them, please, because you can't have <laughs> shit like that on the this wall. This feels very yeah. Comic Con to me, where somebody was like, I don't know, yeah. geeks love this shit. Uh, I would uh, like hundreds. to shout out. I would like to shout out Kevin. Punish Pot Pete is pretty good. That is very mm-hmm. nice. Uh, you know what else is very nice is the guests that we Woo-hoo! have on the show yes. later in the show. We're going to welcome in Connor McCreary. Uh, but right now, I'm going to welcome our first guest. We have not talked to him for a couple of years since we had him on the live show back when we did live oh, in-person man. shows. Of course. But he's the creator Actual of a book people. called Adventures of a System Admin. His name is Juan Espinoza. He has a Kickstarter running until May 4th, a.k.a. May the 4th be with you. You might know that from mm. the hotel you're staying at. Oh, just don't you start, Salbin. That's the fourth don't floor. May the, may the fourth floor be with you. <laughs> it's really cool. Uh, oh, but he has his Kickstarter running now. Uh, and uh, last time we talked, very fun book. Very delightful. Yeah. So excited to have him in again whenever he makes his way into the stream also amazing beard we got a lot of great beards on the show tonight so i'm very yes, excited we about absolutely that. do we also have while we're vamping for time here uh different levels going on which is really nice like i'm a little low Pete justin is like 
a little bit higher. Justin, what are you doing with that? All the Come way. on, that's not appropriate. Here. That is not know. appropriate. Auto, autocorrect. Autocorrect. Um, I, but what's nice about beard... your haircut is you kept the beard patchy. You were like, hey, don't let the parts I've filled in I've, stay not, there. Let's make keep it patchy. patchy. Would you call Iron Man's beard patchy? It was purposeful. The same way mine is. I'm sort of a sort of a Robert Downey Jr. for you, know, uh, you for had kind of a crazy beard going for a while. You do have a drinking problem. It. I did. I did have a real goat thing going for a while. Yes. Yeah, you did. Hmm. <laughs> you didn't. Wait, want, you don't want. To talk did about you consider the keeping it though? Um, the beard, the full beard. Yeah, I mean, it was there for a while, but I was like, it was too gross. It was getting out, out of hand. Oh, I was eating food, food and it was stuff. it was ending up food was in it. Gross. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, you also don't want that sort of thing when you're working on a big time television production as a line producer. They'll be like, "What's that's right? The line? That's not again. That's the not beer. my job. Yeah, that's not what the yeah. The line is this line right here <laughs> that I'm producing, and I'm producing the shit what's out not, of this. Line. What's nice is you've got two lines. You got one, and then a smaller line, and then so it's you, get out, of, get out of my get out of my face. Get off my face, Lepage. Penis her. You're the one who brought it up. By having a face? Yeah. I'll tell you what. This is great. I'm going to try <laughs> removing one and inviting it back in again. We'll that's a good happens. idea. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's a good nice. idea. Yeah. Um, what else is going on with you guys? <laughs> <laughs> really? It's ground ground oh, to all. Hey, hey. Uh, Juan, how are you? Thanks for coming good in. Good, good to you see guys. you again. Welcome back. Thank you. So it has been a while uh, since we checked in with you. I feel like we talked after the first or second issue of your book came out. Yeah, the second issue. Second issue. Mm -hmm. And this is a super fun book. I really enjoy it. You worked as a system admin, right? So yep, I imagine that. that. So, yep. so it's drawing on your experiences. But do you want to give the pitch for the book to folks that may have forgotten from the long before times? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> So the book is about this Latino guy that he dropped out from school because he said he thought he was wasting time and not using his talent. So he applied to a bunch of jobs. He got rejected. And this one person that knew him from back in the days, he gave him the shot to be assistant admin in his company. Oh. So that's why he wanted to become assistant admin to create his own company. Mm -hmm. So in the stories, we follow him and the team going and all the, the stuff that they got to go through to help the the company and all those mistakes that the, the, the people do and that they're trying to fix it and fight hackers, prevent hackers from coming into the company and all those stuff. That, that's basically the, the whole uh, idea of the and and the, the point of the book is for for me to show people like tools real tools that you can use in your in your life to protect from you from like hacking and stuff like that nice. oh wow yeah. yeah now since you did the book and since you since you started doing the book excuse me uh have people that you work with kind of caught on to it do they know uh, I mean, we're looking at some art right here, and it's pretty clear that one of the main characters might be you, potentially. So I assume <laughs> yeah. some of the other characters or other folks you know. Uh, what do they think about the book, if anything? So, yeah, that's that's why it became an actual comic that I sell, because I show it to my coworkers, family members, and they thought that I could actually do something with it. So I, I created the first one. The first one is very small. It's like 12 pages. 
So I showed it to them and then they gave me the feedback. And once I got the feedback, I started creating the other issues. So, so yeah, they, they think it's funny and, and it's relatable to them. So because everything that happens here, it, it almost happened like everywhere in the, in the IT world. So, yeah. Uh, how many hackers are you bouncing around? Are you in a constant battle with hackers um, in your your day to day life? Well, it's not like you're gonna fight. Actually, like fight, but you gotta. There's always something like somebody that's trying to get uh, information from from where you work. At. So, like every day, it's not it's not like hitting. Like every day, you have to you find something that you gotta uh, patch or fix before. Uh, somebody goes in in the into that area so yeah it's like every day you, you find something i feel like we must have asked you this the last time you were on yeah. and i completely forgot about it but what is your best tip for protecting your computer uh, from hackers from protecting your computer yeah uh, people usually say antivirus but uh, antivirus is 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 okay at a certain point but like not clicking links like it doesn't yeah. matter like don't touch it like uh, yeah like alex sent me a, a links for for the setup of crowd crowdcast yeah i don't Hack. click on those links yeah they were I, all... I go direct mm -hmm. i go directly to the source and then check if that links are but i don't even though my wife sent me stuff i don't click on don't click on links uh, i mean i'll tell you what uh, our second guest connor McCurry, that's the most uh, important uh, emailed me and was like, Hey, I went to this link and it asked for my credit card number. What's up with that? And I was like, ah, he got me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually true. Wow. He actually did click on it and got a credit card. Yeah. Thing. But that's but that the safest wrong. thing. Like the, the, yeah. the smartest thing to do. Don't, don't, if you click a link, then they can get everything that you have. So yeah. that's it. Well, that's stressful. I'll tell you what, because <laughs> I clicked a lot of links. There's a lot uh, of links to click on a daily basis. Don't so you're it. on the fifth issue at this point. Uh, how how many issues do you see this going? Are there more than enough hacking stories, different ways of hitting it that potentially this comic could go on forever? Is there an end point? Uh, what, what's your plan at this point? Yeah, I think there's so many stuff that is there's not an end right now. I'm all set um, to like uh, issue 10 already. Mm -hmm. but nice. there's always stuff that comes out and and there's not only one way to get that information or to go through that information there's so many different angles that you can just recreate those those ones so there's a lot to come yeah cool so awesome. i always love one of the one of the rare joys of the current era where we're all talking on zoom and everything is particularly with this show getting to see everybody's little comic book nook and for those listening out to the podcast you don't know this but if you're watching you, you can see there's a bunch of graphic novels behind you you got some action figures some funkos other things what of what is in your reach what's your most prized possession wow Ooh. um <laughs> in terms of book or 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 anything. anything anything it could be the well, soccer ball figures, yeah is this one which is me my funk ball. <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh. i mean you got there's no shame in choosing it looks, yourself it looks yeah. just like you <laughs> that's legit yeah. uh that's so cool yeah. uh that's great which so, is available also on the kickstarter <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, well, let's talk about the Kickstarter before we let you go. So that is running until May 4th. At this point, I think you are funded, uh, but there's still mm -hmm. lots of bonuses that folks can get. What yeah. 
what can people look forward to if they are going to fund this fifth issue of this comic book? So in the fifth issue, we're showing um, uh, JJ, which is the main character, is going back again to work for that company because in the last one, he kind of ditched them out because they were doing some stuff that he didn't like. But but they need him, so he's coming back and he's dealing with those uh, hackers again. There's one hacker that have been dealing, they, they have been dealing the, with them since the beginning. They catch some here, some there, but this one is like, a, I guess, a master. They, they haven't got a chance to get him. And we are on the, in the Kickstarter, we're on the fourth stretch goal, and we plan on doing an animated, so last um, year, we came out with a short story. It was, a, it was free for everyone because of COVID. And we want to animate that and give it to, to, to the backers. So it's, it's halfway done, but if we get to 4,000, then we're going to release it to everybody's uh, a short animated uh, comic. That's awesome. Wow, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Uh, and people can check it out until May 4th. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Awesome. So just send us the link and then we'll get right on. We'll click. Right oh, on. No, Justin, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no, no. I've been hacked again. Just, just search, search for it. <laughs> just search for it. Okay. Kickstarter, it. Yeah. Yeah. You can search for my name on Adventure or Adventures of Assistant Admin. Awesome. Great. Juan, thank you so much for coming on. Such a pleasure. It's great seeing, seeing you, you good man. Luck with the book. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah super take fun. care. All right, there we go. Once oh, again, man. that's Juan Espinosa. The book is called Adventures of a System Admin. You can check it out directly, no links, on Quickstarter right now until May 4th. And check out the previous issues as well. It was super fun. Uh, it's a very enjoyable, yeah. delightful little book. Uh, next up, it really is. let's welcome our next guest in here. As teased, he was my fishing victim uh, almost. Oh. And also another incredible beard as well. Yes, he is the creator of the comic book The Last Wish. Ladies and gentlemen, Connor McCreary. Hello. Hey, yeah. welcome. Zalbin, you credit card stealing son of a bitch. <laughs> so close. This close. He's gotten me. He's gotten me multiple oh, times. At That's this point, he I'm is working he off is credit. Me. I'm working off credit at this point. Fooled on you. It would only be Canadian dollars you'd get, sucker. <laughs> oh, disgusting. Can you even yeah. spend that money these Color days? money? Like purples and Ooh. reds? Loonies. Loonies? If it if it's money that a dog can't see just in its normal you know monochrome, it's not real money. I know how you Americans think. You want money for yes. dogs. Money for, money dogs, for dogs is sort of that's yeah. our Kickstarter. I yeah. feed money into my dog, and stuff keeps coming out the other end. Oh, too much. Well, I, <laughs> I also own a dog. Yeah, that's, yeah I don't it was, it that's was not a Kickstarter. Fun. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. Let's talk not. about your comic book, Connor, because we've been really enjoying it here. It yes. is from Boom Studios, I guess technically Boom Box. Uh, the Last Witch, the fifth issue, the final yes. issue, I believe, comes out May 5th. We've been loving it. Uh, yeah. But what, for those who haven't been picking up the book, what's the pitch there? What's the general idea? Uh, so, The Last Witch is a dark fantasy uh, that follows a young woman named Sersha who. Uh, whose family is killed by witches, or at least her mother and her father are. And Sersha and her little brother and her grandmother, Nan, have to go on this quest to try to find this coven and sort of stop them from opening up this gate that will release this horror onto the world. Uh, and so, yeah, and Sersha's kind of her key is this kind of strange birthmark that she's had that had always been a source of a lot of uh, kind of a lot of derision. People had made fun of her. And her nan had always told her it meant that she was marked for greatness. 
And Sersha had kind of figured that that was what grandmothers say to little girls, right? Is yeah, you know, <laughs> you, you look so pretty. Your your baby weight's coming off, right? Like you're so a witch. Yeah, 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 you're a witch. <laughs> um, so she didn't really take it seriously until she decided to go in the woods one day on a quest to prove to everybody in her village where she's something of an outcast that she was special, that she was brave. And so her and her friend Padrag go on this quest to find what's supposed to be a crumbling old tower that is supposed to, of legend has it, a witch used to live there. Well, the legend is right, except it's not that the witch used to live there. The witch still lives there. And that's how our adventure begins. Um, and yeah, so it's so far, it's uh, five issues. The, actually, the fifth issue is actually just the end of the first book. Uh, uh, there is a second book that is confirmed. I've actually written it. And then we're, you know, ooh, but then we'll I see. Didn't... We'll see where there's more. There's, there's, there's certainly more places the story could go after the first two books. But the first two books together, kind of like what I did with Kill Shakespeare, what Anthony and I did with Kill Shakespeare, where the first two books was one big adventure. Uh, the last, which is, is like that as well. It's by the end of the, by the end of the second book, you're going to, like, you know, you're going to find out what happens on Saoirse's quest for the Calic, which is sort of the, the queen of all witches. Um, now, and yeah, it's, it's, it's meant to be kind of just good fun. And, uh, you know, it is dark, but it's it's kind of like meant to be like a Grimm's fairy tale. So you can read it for yourself, but if you got a niece, a nephew, or, you know, a little one, you can read it to them and, and they'll be able to dig it as well. Now, you mentioned Kill Shakespeare, and uh, for those who didn't read the book, that had its own mythology, but it definitely riffed on a lot of Shakespeare things and known properties. With The Last Witch, you're doing something where you're building your own mythology from the ground up. What was that challenge like? You know, that was actually, this was a really funny one. So normally when I pitch stuff, I usually, I do a lot of world building before I pitch usually. And so my my pitches are like these like 30 page documents where like the first six or seven documents is really all that the editor needs to read, you know, quick traces, some pages of art, you know, and then like character stuff. But then I almost always have this appendix. And, you know, sometimes the appendix is like three pages and sometimes it's like 20. And it's like the rules of the world. How does magic work? Where are we? Like all this stuff, right? Like I, I, I put way too much work into these things. The Last Witch was actually based on a short story I wrote for a friend's anthology, a charity anthology a few years ago. It was prose, actually, which I, I don't do very often. And I, the people at Boom, I'd been doing Adventure Time and regular show with them. And they said, hey, you know, do you have anything you'd like to pitch us? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so I sent them this, you know, three or four page thing with little paragraphs of all these different ideas I had. And I threw in this last which one because I'd, you know, I'd done the short story. And I was like, well, there's something there, you know. And I knew, you know, I think there were maybe a, maybe there'd been a witch book had just come out and done well. So I was like, all right, well, that's not a dumb thing. Just follow where the market might be going. And, you know, but all I had was this little paragraph and I talked about how there was this big twist and, you know, there's going to be this quest for this coven, but I didn't know anything about it. I just, okay, sure. <laughs> that sounds good. And so of course on Friday they call me up and they say, yeah, last witch, that's the one. It was called Witchmark Ben. Witchmark, that's the one. We really love it. Like on Monday, can you send us like, can you send us like the three or four pages, whatever you got? And I'm like, wow. sure I can. And then that <laughs> weekend I just started sitting there being like, okay, so what the hell is this about? <laughs> Yeah. Um, and in that sense, it was actually really fun. I, I, that's happened to me a couple of times in my career where people have said yes to stuff that I didn't really have thought out very much. And it's actually really rewarding to kind of dive in and just give yourself a day or two because you have to make decisions. Like my my biggest yeah. problem writing, I'm when I have the story, I almost never get writer's block. I can I can just cruise through. But I'm I'm that person who trying to figure out what the story is. There's just so many options, and I get paralyzed trying to figure out like it all the way to the end rather than just one step at a time. 
Uh, and so having that deadline was really helpful. And so, yeah, it was kind of cool. I mean, I, I did, you know, like anything, like, like Pablo Picasso once said, you know, good artists borrow and great artists steal. Uh, I definitely, I definitely was like put the five finger discount on some classic Irish mythology. Uh, if you love things like Avatar, The Last Airbender, there's yes. some elements of like the quest that are kind of similar, or at least in terms of the idea of Sersha. Each of these witches kind of represents a type of elemental magic. And Sersha, yeah. as the story goes, is able to sort of possess this elemental magic. So that's not all that dissimilar to Aang, you know, relearning all the powers of the Avatar. Um, you know, and, and even that, you know, the notion of four elemental powers is a pretty, you know, that, that's, I'm, you know, we were the first people to come up with us, uh, myself yeah. and the Avenger <laughs> folks. So, but yeah, so definitely, it definitely does borrow from some of that. It is set in Ireland. It's medieval times. Um, it's after one of the famines, but I don't specify which one. So I, so myself and the artist V Glass, who's amazing on this book, yes. had a lot of room to like mess around. But yeah, and that's, that's kind of where it started. And as we've gone where I'm interested if we get to do more is I've done a lot of thinking about sort of what's behind that door and what is that world like? And, you know, are the creatures behind that door solely villains or might there be, you know, is there a society back there? And some of them may have very good reasons to want to come across here that might not be bad for us. So I've been really trying to think around that. And so if I do get to do more, I think that's it'll be a lot more world building and it'll try to really flesh it out because that's wow. you know as you mentioned with kill shakespeare that's that's kind of my jam i really love doing that stuff i love wow. in the first issue of this book i feel like you really like take the time to draw us in it sort of builds the tension that last little bit of the issue i thought was just so really got me and then the second issue and, and beyond you the pace just ramps up so intensely um was that how why, what, how did you come to that sort of pacing change there totally by accident yeah, um, perfect so, what appendix can i look this up in? yeah yeah sure you're right oh it's a subsection seven um <laughs> no actually so originally last witch was supposed to be one big graphic novel that was the original plan and then through my the original editor left the book and shannon waters came on and then there was just there was just a bunch of comedy of errors like miscommunication so it went from being like one big book to one book that was supposed to be like 80 pages shorter or 90 pages shorter because that's oh. what that's what the new editor thought she was getting and i was like oh my gosh no that's not at all what like my understanding was so then it was like okay well we'll try to do two books and then so i wrote the two books and it was still too long and they're like all right well okay we're gonna make this work we're gonna let you go two bigger books i will figure it out and then COVID came and then it was mm. like well, we got to do single issues because wind had done so well for them yeah, and when right. i had we kicked up for boom and for i think comics retailers like hey Let's get something to bring people in. And so they were like, yeah, we're going to do a wind style. And at first, I didn't hear the wind part. I just heard, oh, man, now I've got to find a, an act break like every 20 to 22 pages. Like I did not write this thing like that <laughs> at all. So I was kind of freaking out. And then they were explaining the wind model. And so the first issue, that was kind of just the natural break. As, as you, were, you were mentioning, like, right. you know, things really pick up. So you, don't, you didn't really want to cut off in the middle of that. And so I was kind of nervous about the first issue because it is it is a very slow burn. And there is a lot of setup. There's a lot of character work. And so I actually, when I went back, I had to rewrite, you know, things a little bit here and there to try to make these issues work. And so, yeah, that, that then became much more of a cliffhanger in terms of how, you know, without giving too much away to the audience, uh, something happens to her little brother. Um, yeah. And that's kind of the cliff, the, the, the way the first issue ends. So that that was originally intended to be not, hey, I've got to wait a month to turn the page and like get into the meat of this 
you know, it was just turn the page and take 35 seconds and you'll find out what comes <laughs> next. And so, yeah, that was interesting. A lot of the reviews were like, yeah, we really like this slow pacing. A lot of people were like, so like nothing happened? Like, yeah, characters and stuff, they seem great, but like, is stuff gonna happen in this book? And then they uh, do the second I, one, and they're like, Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, for, uh, first off, uh, you mentioned the art, absolutely gorgeous, really fun, sucks you into this magical world in such a great way. But let's talk about uh, the badass, like, kind of grandma figure you have in this. <laughs> Just just absolutely fantastic. The kind of person that can really push things forward and and like, you know, play both worlds in such a great way. Can you talk a little bit about like how you build characters and what you're looking for and, and especially with that one? Well, thank you. Thanks. Um yeah, so I guess so Nan, the Sersha's grandmother, is is a bit of a rip from uh the Roald Dahl book, The Witches. Um, mm. I, I'd read it. With, I'd read it to my kids after I'd written the short story, and of course, it has this great Norwegian grandmother, and she smokes these foul cigars. And I always had a, when I was reading it to my kids, I'd forgotten the book. I hadn't read it for so long, and so in my head, I had this idea of a twist in Roald Dahl that doesn't happen, and but involves the grandmother. And so I was like, well, it'd be kind of cool if that twist had happened and so that's kind of where the genesis for that character came because in the short story there isn't a grandmother it's just Saoirse Paw Dragon her little brother Brom who go into the woods um and so yeah she it's funny a lot of people have been like oh man I love this cigar chomping like yeah there's no fucks grandmother right which is which is great I mean it's pretty cool to see you know like you know I've, I, I had a I had a couple of uh female readers be like oh man like that's that's who I want to be when I'm a grandmother like yeah, I want to exactly. be that woman so which is pretty cool yeah she's and she's, you know, as you go deeper into the story, you learn a little bit more about how she's more than just a grandmother and really understand what a pivotal role she's already played in the mythology of this world. And in book two, that ramps up uh, even more. Um, you know, she becomes a pretty key character. And in many ways, behind Sersha might be, you know, you could argue in a lot of ways, she's the second most important character. You know, and, she, and she's got that great Obi-Wan Kenobi kind of like yeah. vibe. Which I guess throwing back to Kill Shakespeare, we had Falstaff doing that in our story. And I always used to say Falstaff was Obi-Wan if Obi-Wan took a loop to brothels. And, you know, man, I guess it's just teaching her, teaching her granddaughter how to smoke cigars is basically where this is going. As a classically trained actor, I have to ask, why are you trying to kill Shakespeare here uh, for all of us? <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, I mean, Kill Shakespeare. <laughs> no, I mean, Kill Shakespeare. For those who didn't don't know it, it's basically if, if Game of Thrones and Shakespeare had a drunken one night stand, we're the illegitimate yeah. babies. It's this action adventure, and so on one half you have Very heroes who think that Shakespeare is this evil, or sorry, is this creator, and if they can find where he's been banished to, they can bring him back, and the world will be great. And on the other side, you have a different set of characters who think he is basically this asshole who has written their fates. And if they could kill them, they could finally be free and have some agency in their lives. And yeah, it, it was always meant to be something where, you know, for the classically trained actors, they could be like, all right, I get that reference. You know, and for like the 45 year old who didn't pay attention in class 20 odd years ago, they could just pick it up and be like, oh, this is a cool like fantasy adventure. And hey, I'm picking up some Shakespeare. I'm sure of it. That's cool. Or <laughs> hey, you know, you're in grade seven or grade eight and you're about to read Shakespeare. We had a lot of kids and still do who who pick it up. I actually just did a couple of Kill Shakespeare talks for the Hong Kong Book Festival of all things in the last week. Oh, wow, uh, cool. Talking to grade eights and nines about Shakespeare and about, you know, why Shakespeare's actually pretty cool. And hey, you know, if you can get your teachers or librarians to bring in the books, 
you can read these comics and kind of have a sneaky way in so that you're like, oh, Hamlet, he has trouble making decisions. Gotcha. You know. <laughs> so do I. I get it. <laughs> uh, just back to Last Witch for a second. You mentioned VV Glass's art and their art is so gorgeous, so stunning. And I think such a important part of the book and the feel of the book, because like a lot of the boombox stuff, it's all ages, right? So you have this younger looking, engaging feel, but a lot of the stuff that you're doing is very dark in there. So what has the collaboration been like between the two of you? Oh, V is, v is so amazing. I mean, I also want to shout out Natalia Nestorenko, who does the colors, which have been so exceptional in this book. And, uh, you know, James Campbell, who's, you know, won an Eisner for lettering, you know, he's, he's, he's on there on the book as well. And he does such a wonderful job too. No, V's great. V, v was somebody that, I was looking to work with on a different project, weirdly enough, another Celtic inspired kind of almost like mm. a Celtic superhero book, um, which I'm doing with uh, T-Pub, which is a little boutique press in uh, the UK. And uh, it didn't work out for that. But shortly after I got that thing from Boom and they're like, hey, you know, they started sending me some some potential artists and then asked me if I had anybody in mind. And when we were looking at B for this other gig, there was this one great image of this like young woman in the middle of like a tempest and you know we just seen the image we didn't i didn't know the context of it but you know but it looked like she was controlling this tempest and i was like that's exactly what's going to happen to sertia like she's going to be she's that woman you know maybe five years younger and so i just reached out to me and i said hey i know this other thing didn't work but you know hey this boom you know that you probably know more about them maybe you have a higher level of comfort to kind of dive in with you know a writer you haven't worked with and so i said be the the little pitch and it, thankfully it was right up their alley and yeah, I think I think you really hit it on the head, Alex. Like the idea that, like these art is so accessible, and it's so it, it's 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 so pretty without feeling pretty. Like it's just so right. it's just you know they're just such a wonderful artist, and I think yeah, there's some pretty intense stuff. Like this is an Irish fairy tale, and you know, in Irish fairy tales, a lot of times the heroes don't win, or if they do, yeah. win, they yeah. pay a horrible, horrible price. And so as the book goes on, it it, it is going to get darker, and I. And I really trust that these art is going to allow both a younger reader or maybe a parent to be like, hey, this is going to be okay. Like it's not going <laughs> to ever, it's never going to get to a place that's so graphically horrific that my kid can't take it. It'll just leave the mental scars, which I think is what all great, like, you know, Dark Crystal or Secret of Nim when oh, I was a kid. Yes. Like, uh, that cat dragon still freaks me out. And oh the first my, time I, the way. my daughter, she screamed when dragon attacks, right? And she's uh -huh. just like, ah! And you're like, I don't want to watch the mouse movie. And now, of course, like, hey, can we watch Secret of Nim? I love that thing. So <laughs> I feel like those little scars that are, are really so, like, like, that's what you remember. You remember the stuff that's just a little too scary for you. And V does such a wonderful job. Like in issue two, you finally meet one of the coven. Mm -hmm. And there are a couple of panels where you see the, this witch's teeth, which like are everything in the script. I like, I think in one of the panels, I just wrote the description, like those teeth. And like, <laughs> you know, that's all I had to write. And V came up with this just, you know, it's not gruesome, but it's just so creepy this witch's mouth and how the teeth look and it's it was everything i could have ever wanted yeah v is we're, we're hoping to you know we've been noodling around some other stuff uh for what might be next and i you know i i hope i will get to work with them on a number of projects because not only is v a super talented artist but they're just they're great to work with and they're very smart and they have you know v when v makes a comment on the story it's always like oh yeah like that's such a 
great way of looking at that. Yeah, let's let's push that direction. I know exactly how we can do that. Like, so it's it's a real joy to work with them. I did want to ask you about something you mentioned earlier, and maybe it's a very straightforward thing, but you said the wind model. So wind, for those who are listening on the podcast, that's W-Y-N-D. It's a book by James Tynan. Great. Another, I think, boom box or maybe boom. uh, Either way. Yeah, I think like a boom prop. Yeah, I, I think so. But again, it's like another very accessible, relatively all ages book. Um, what did you mean by the wind model? Did you just mean individual issues being released in stores or was there something more complicated there? Well, that was kind of it. Yeah, because the okay. wind was also, my understanding was the idea of wind was going to be a graphic novel. And then COVID happens and then, you know, boom is like, I don't know, like, what if we put out a graphic novel and nobody can get into stores or like sales are right. nowhere for six or seven months and this book just disappears and nobody gets a chance to read it. And, you know, wind is really, really good. Yeah. And so I think Boom's thought was like, okay, well, if we do single issues, at least it gives it a chance to 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 be out for a while. And maybe if stores are kind of more or less closed for three months, well, you can come in and, well, sure, there's three months worth of wind on the shelves, but great, you can still get it and, and you won't have missed it. And, but the big difference there is because Wynn was also originally intended to be a graphic novel is the length of single issues for Wynn is much larger than the average single issue for a comic and it varies. And I think, you know, in a weird turn of events when Boom found out that when they charged you, you know, an extra buck for a comic book, but gave you an extra 15 to 20 to 25 pages. So sometimes doubling the length of the product, people thought that was a good value proposition. Like what is a dollar for two issues? Like, let me put on my head scratcher here. Yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of what's going on with Last Witch. Like Last Witch, I think the longest issue length is 44 or 46 pages. And everything is, I think, at least 30, except for one might be 29 or 28, I guess. Um, and that was what Wynn did as well. Wynn just, they let James find his breaks where his breaks made sense in the story. And they didn't care if it was 42 pages, or 28 or 56. It was just, let's get it out there. And um, I really like it as a model. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know enough about the finances behind it for Boom, about printing costs to where that balance is. But, you know, I've always kind of been like, single issues are so weird in the terms of like <laughs> first issues. Like you want to read the first issue, right? For a right. number of reasons, collectible reasons, but also do I like this? And I've always thought like, once you get past the first issue, the, the value proposition for the for a lot of readers isn't kind of there, except for those people who love that serialized style of storytelling. So, you know, see here's some, some publishers have t- said, hey, we're going to put out issue one. And then like three months later, we're going to put out the trade, which I think is kind of an interesting way of doing things. Mm. You know, okay, cool. I bought the, I guess I bought issue number one twice, but I don't mind investing four or five bucks in a series to make sure I like it. And then if I do, great. Well, yeah, give me the trade for 20 bucks. And the win model I like because it's, while it's serialized, you get so much value. Like you get a lot of book. And I think it's it makes for a very satisfying reading experience. And I understand why it's 2022 in the industry, but you know, there are a lot of issues of, of good series where you sometimes run into where you're like, oh, they weren't really able to do everything they probably might have wanted to, or they had to rush a little bit. And that's yeah. with very good writers. So I, 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 you know, as a writer, it's like, give me as many pages as possible. And so <laughs> I like this idea that I, I had some space. And that boom was very, you know, I have to give boom their credit the entire way. Like when that first draft came to them, and it was way longer than they were expecting, because there'd been a miscommunication from the editor leaving to the team, I mean, it would have been really easy for them to say, dude, like, no way. Yeah. And Boom has, <laughs> every step of the way, Boom has been like, we really like this story. Let's make, this is an epic story, so let's make an epic book. 
And it and it would have been so easy for them to say, "Hey, Connor, we're really sorry, but like financially, we just you just got you're gonna have to make some hard cuts here." And instead, they just said, "You know what? Like, <laughs> don't you know? Don't write you know? Don't write crazy, but like if you need pages to make this work and keep it tight and epic, we'll give you those pages because that's what we want. We want to tell these epic stories, and so it's been it, such a great chance to work with them." Just from a reader uh, point of view, like the the varying uh, page lengths of each uh, each issue, like I love that it preserves this like sort of magical thing that I feel like uh, when I was a kid reading comics, it was like, oh, the story just, oh, this one's longer. Oh, I wonder why. There's just more, there's more question marks in there that lead to better story and better like just taking it all in. So I, I agree with you. I think more of that. Let's this, this, the 20, hard 22. It's like, oh, I see what happened. They had to end it here. And it just takes well, and right that's a good point, right? Like, that's a really interesting point about how it would change storytelling a little bit. I mean, yeah, yeah if you could be 28 pages one time and 32 another, or heck, maybe one time you're just 20. Like, yeah, it, it gives you, like, maybe you just do this super tight 20 in the middle of a run. And it's like, maybe it's like, you know, you, you can see the, the potential. Like, it's one scene that races through 20 pages and you're like, whoa. And then, yeah, the next one is like 28 and it's unpacking all the shit that went down. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I think, and I think maybe we'll see comic, maybe we'll see comics move in different directions. Maybe we'll see some publishers say, hey, let's, let's play with this model and see if that's what makes us stand out in the field is that, yeah, you get a bespoke uh, experience every time you pick up one of our issues. That would be cool. I love that. Uh, Yes. Let's talk about the last issue of Last Witch or the last issue of this arc of The Last Wish that's coming out in a week or so. What can you tease about that? What's coming down as we end the arc here? Okay. So I guess, uh, how do I do this without too much space? Okay. So, so far to this two date, <laughs> Thersha has encountered two of the, two of the Coven members. Uh, issue number five is going to see her come face to face with a third Coven member. Um, Issue four ended with a bit of a cliffhanger in terms of this new traveling companion who seemed like really cool and like friendly and then sort of seemed to cast this like weird spell on the rest of the team and then went out looking for Saoirse in the middle of the night. We're going to find out more about what that's about and, and are they a threat or did they actually, was something else going on in that, in that cabin? Was there maybe something else going on there as well? So we're going to play with that. So I just saw something with that. He's a real grandma lover. One of the uh, comments on the side. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, it's true. It's but, true. Uh, in this issue, in this issue, we're going to see one of our one of our team is going to is going to take a significant loss. Uh, there's going to be a major sacrifice uh, that's going to happen from one of the characters, and it's going to have a pretty profound effect on Sersha. One of the undercurrents of this book is not only is Sersha getting this this magic power she as she goes along you know as her grandmother helps train her and as she kind of can literally absorb the power of the witches that she's facing down but we've learned in the story that the the magic is really from the fairylands and it's not really for humans mm. and so it has a real tainting effect which uh, anybody who's a big wheel of time fan um, might recognize that kind of conversation with mm. magic um and so in issue five, we're really going to start to see the impact of that on Sersha and to get a new insight into, you know, not only does she have to battle this coven and the Kallik and potentially even the monster the Kallik wishes to release, but in a lot of ways, it's going to make it very clear that for the remainder of the story that, the you know, her biggest enemy is really going to be herself um, because... Mm-hmm. She is in this really, you know, that we, you know, the story starts with a young girl who wants to be special, 
And by the time we get into the end of issue five, it's very clear that she is special. She may be the most special person in the country. And you start getting into that question of, well, if you start to really believe that you're special, then that kind of means that other people around you are less special or maybe just less. And then that starts getting into questions about, well, how much do you value them? How much do you value their lives? And so, yeah, you know, it really sets the stage for a second, a second arc that is going to be more intense, a little darker, uh, but we'll also have a lot of fun. We're still going to have Brahm around. There's still going to be some slapstick, but we're going to be facing ever more gruesome and cruel enemies as Cersei goes along. Awesome. Well, I just can't wait. Oh, go ahead, Pete. I just want to say it's been such a great thing to have in the stack. And like as someone who reads a ton of comic books, it's just been such a kind of like excitement when I see the cover being like, oh, I cannot wait to read this. So it's been really delivering. So thank you so much. No, thanks, guys. No, thanks for letting me talk about it. And it's great to be on with you guys. And I I wish I'd brought a beer. I would feel like I totally (laughs) We should tell people. (sighs) Absolutely. <laughs> we assume well, you were drinking a water bottle full of something. My wife's a beer sommelier, so we've got a we've got a fridge filled oh, with all sorts man. of beers. Like. When can we book yeah. her? <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Our, our Wi-Fi is beer and comics. Uh, Woo! I'm coming over. Connor, congratulations <laughs> on the book. A great talking Thanks, to you about it. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much, guys. Take care. Great talking to you. All right. Oh once man, again, I mean what. Is- the book is The Last Witch. Issue 5, as we mentioned, is on sale May 5th from Boombox. Pick it up in comic book stores. Pick up the previous issues. So good. So much fun. That guy's living the dream. He's writing comics and drinking amazing beer. I mean, what more do you want in life? The book's The Last Witch. The wife's a, a beer sommelier. Please check it all out. <laughs> and folks, it is time for our next section, which is my favorite section, because you all make it up. It's your audience questions. <laughs> and for your audience questions, it's pretty straightforward. All you have to do is drop a comment, uh, drop a question, actually, either in the comment oh. section over on YouTube or the ask a question over here on Crowdcast, and we will get to them. Uh, but first, before we do guys i wanted to tell you a little about something i've been super into lately and yeah, oh yeah is... please do what what are you into man <laughs> earth echo foods earth echo ah. food superfood product cacao bliss cacao cacao Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich creamy smooth chocolate knowing you're doing something good for your body what's pete, happening how's right your now? body <laughs> pete how's your body what, what are we doing how's your it? body doing pete it's not good it's not uh, doing good well, I'll tell you, mean, you what. I actually tried some Cacao Bliss today. Uh, just a, a little business here. It's made of 100% organic cacao beans. The, they are cacao. blended with turmeric, MCT oil. Are we coconut, in a commercial right now? Himalayan sea salt. <laughs> yes, we are doing a commercial. Right oh, Cinnamon and black pepper. Uh, and uh, I made, I got this little uh, Cacao Lover's cookbook here oh Whoa. a cookbook made myself wow. a mocha latte it was it was very good i was look surprised. at this alex getting the the merch wait yeah. do you he's falling, do you he's falling in love making, with healthy guilt-free chocolate do you do you consider making a latte cooking mm-hmm. okay <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. and i'll tell you what i had it actually as a mid-afternoon snack when i was feeling a little hungry uh and it did uh, they say 
that it reduces, it removes your cravings, facilitates weight loss, boosts your energy, and reduces your inflammation with one simple drink. I don't know about the inflammation part, but I definitely, I, uh, I was good to go after that. Pete seems pretty inflamed. Uh, this is, it's good for paleo, gluten-free, uh, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. It's, it's something there for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And we can give you a deal on it right now. We're offering up to 15% off when you use the code MINUTE15. You can check it out at earthechofoods.com slash Minute Media. So please do that. Check it out, cacao. Yes. Now let's move from this ad we've been paid for to an ad we haven't been paid for when we talk about the beer that we're drinking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in beer country. Yeah. Uh, Are you? Like... Are, were you able to pick up beer on the superhero floor? Um, I went to the local 7-Eleven. Um, uh, and I got a local, uh, beer from Breckenridge Brewery, uh, One Step Hop, uh, which is a, uh, Imperial Hazy IPA. Very good. Very strong. Um, but last night there's a lot of great breweries out here. Every corner feels like has a brewery on it. And they have one of my favorite beers, um, on tap at many of them. Deschutes Freshly Squeezed IPA. Who had some of that last night? Deschutes Discores. Is what I say. <laughs> wow, Pete. What about you? Uh, you know, I'm keeping it real, drinking the Rona. You know what I mean? That's what's going on in the world. You know, get your mask, get your Rona, uh, wow. get fired up. Pete, drinking topical, topical <laughs> comic news, topical comic beverage. Uh, I got myself. Uh, there was a Ballast Point IPA variety pack, and I got this Ooh. Fathom India Pale Ale. Very good. Really good. Now, how's it different from Sculpin and all the other IPAs that are very similar in their line? Oh, you mean no this shade. one that I have right over here? Yes. The uh, yes. The Sculpin's a little sharper, I think. Like, the Fathom's a little smoother. It's a little richer. Mm. Um, it's good. I expected it to be kind of the same because my palate is garbage, but uh, it definitely <laughs> feels yeah. the mouthfeel is very different. That's what I say about my man Crouton. He's got a garbage palate. Yeah! <laughs> garbage palate, very similar to garbage plate, might I say, as well. Yeah. Uh, all right. Why don't we move on to some questions here? This one is... <laughs> from edward doherty does your significant other ever try to set you up with a random guy that likes comics but has nothing else in common with you has this ever resulted in any of anything other than an awkward conversation that's a great question well thought out my wife sort of disavows uh my comic book interests <laughs> um in a lot of ways uh, but if if someone expresses any sort of interest she looks at me like here you go here's your here's a little toy you go play with that. Yeah, I think that uh, sometimes like the old, oh, they like comics. Oh, he likes, you guys should talk. You know, it, sometimes. Oh, sorry, was that Pete talking or was that a flawlessly Wana impression? No, uh, that was not a flawlessly Wana. I'm just. Oh, Luana. <laughs> uh, <laughs> luckily, my, you know, Liwana hasn't done that to me, but I have had other people have that happen and. You know, sometimes it can be fun, and sometimes it's just like, you know, like they're into something else. Like, you know, if they're like, yeah, I've seen every episode of Doctor Who, I'm like, fuck. Oh, mm, damn it. Wrong, wrong nerd. Yeah, yeah wrong, it's like when we first started the show, Alex was like, I want to do a show where we review pornographic comics. And we were like, what'd you say? <laughs> what? Yeah, what? And he said, oh, just he comics. Said, just comics. <laughs> I, comics. I didn't say any word before that. 
<laughs> Pornographic comic book club. <laughs> BCBC. Uh, I mean, I'll say the thing which I know is a shitty thing about me, but I have a bigger problem with comic book gifts in a way. That's the thing that kind of wow. irks me a little bit. Wait, somebody, that... If somebody gets you a comic book gift, you're like, Fuck you. No, not fuck <laughs> you, but it's always things like, you like comic books, here's some Spider-Man socks. And I'm like, I mean, thank you. Wow. <laughs> it's nice to have socks. But this isn't exactly, you know, the thing. Like, I don't know. It's just sort of not having an understanding of the thing. And they don't need to, but. Well, I'm sorry, Alex, but I thought you'd like those socks. And yeah, I just really Alex, wanted to get them Not you. everybody can get your graphic, pornographic Spider-Man <laughs> socks. Uh, not everybody can get you socks. Spider Man Raid by favorite <laughs> Each of the toes is a little spider penis. All right. Well, this is done. Oh, sorry, Pete, to what, a question. Did you want to talk about something less pornographic? Well, I was I, I was trying to make a joke about like not everybody can get you socks with your own picture on it, but you know. Uh, question here from Bandito740 over on YouTube. HBO Max question. Who would win in a fight? King Kong versus all the fighters from the new Mortal Kombat movie. I was going to put Godzilla in there, too, but you know, atomic breath and all. Yeah. Yeah. Cheat. So Cheat this is King Kong versus... Is it all the fighters from the Mortal Kombat yeah, movie at the so. same time yeah. or one individually? I have. I feel like I would, Mortal Kombat rules, it has to be individually, right? Um, really? Wow. Yeah, I guess it is very, very one on one. Could you really rip out the Kong spine? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. Uh, that's heartbreaking a... to think about. Well, what it's do you think? First of all, all yeah. the Mortal Kombat characters versus King Kong, who wins? I got to go with King Kong in this one. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> King Kong has been around a long time. Nobody's been able to kind of knock him around. So I feel like, you know, I, I, I feel good about King Kong and its ability to fight. So, uh, but yeah, I, I saw the Mortal Kombat movie and. Oh, congratulations. Who? Nice. Uh, there was some good stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, the Macris, uh, stray bullet, you know, still, still, uh, you know, riding those coattails. <laughs> well, he asked me, I'm going to say it if he brings it up, but, uh, sure. yeah, I think that, uh, you know, overall it was a little disappointing. I had high hopes, I love uh, that. but, uh, it was great to see the dude who plays Jax, uh, from Supergirl. He, he was okay. kind of press. Yeah. I thought it was great. I loved it. Really? Even yeah. though there was no actual, uh, Listen, don't you ruin no this for tournament? me. Don't you ruin this for me, Pete. Oh this is my did thing. You, don't you ruin this for me. Did you love it, Alex, or are you just sort of ironically loving it? Because it's hard, let me be honest, it's hard to tell the difference. Yeah, that is true. And definitely ironically loving it, just in terms of like, well, I don't know. I, I saw a lot of people complaining about character arcs and shit about this yes. Mortal Kombat movie. And it's like, one of the character arcs is a guy has a cool hat and then he loses his hat. And then he dies. Yeah, but like, have you ever what lost more? The hat what more you do really you want love? out of a Mortal Kombat movie? Do you want it to be the father, but with Mortal Kombat? No, nobody wants that. You want to see Don't some dumb father that was bullshit things happen. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> Not the point. Wow. Chad you want to see some dumb things happen. You want to see some gross fatalities. Viola Davis should have fucking won as well. I mean, what the fuck? We're, wow. We've lost Richard so Lawson wait, from Vanity Fair over here. So, 
the the sharpest insult ever on comic book club. So the question was, <laughs> who would win a fight, King Kong, Mortal Kombat, or the Oscar expectations that we exactly. had going in? Exactly right. Uh, I think that King Kong losing to Godzilla in the next year's Oscars is the real crime. Mm. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I think Scorpion could take down King Kong. That's my final. What? Answer, Get over here. Get over here. <laughs> this is from Kevin. What are your Get favorite examples of comic here. book product placement for fictional products? What? Fictional products. Fictional products, comic book product placement. I mean, I'll throw out my uh, my favorite one that I've Don't mentioned. Don't say. You always say. What, are you going to say the fruit pies? The yeah, fruit, the fruit pies. pies. Yeah. Human Torch, Spider-Man, number three by Dad Slot. They do the fruit pies thing. It's super fun. They make but I think it work it, in an emotional way. But Kevin's question is about fictional places, fictional things being promoted in it, they fictional are fictional comics. fruit pies. They are not hostess fruit pies. Uh, it's a fake aren't brand. they though? Nope. Wow. He I think okay, he has you come there. Come up he... with literally any other answer. Okay, that's fair. Um that is very fair. Um here it is. Uh Cuckoo Cola from the Cuckoo Cola Cult episode of Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Wow. Best episode of the series. Wow. Um, and I think it was adapted into a comic book I'm saying right now, even though I don't know. But that was a great use of uh, an episode of Chippendale Rescue Rangers that was loosely based on um, the cult that was later featured in Wild Wild Country, um, if you remember that documentary. Oh, wow. That's right. It's true. I couldn't believe it when I watched that doc and sort of made the connection because of their outfits. And it's true. It was based on this real life rip from the headline story. And then Gadget comes in just like wrecks shit in Rambo style. It was one one of the best episodes. What about Chacos, right? Martian Manhunter eating Chacos. I mean, those are basically Oreos. Choco Tacos? Don't bring up Choco Tacos, man. Don't you ruin this for me. Oh, man, I love Choco Tacos. Don't you ruin this for me. I don't know who you're trying to be right now, but it's weird. I don't like uh, how Chaco Taco rhymes. What? I don't like that. Come on, man. My, when I was growing up, here, we got time. Big Belly Burgers. We got the Cafe from Friends. Great comic book location. We've uh, got uh, <laughs> CC Jitters. CC Jitters from Flash is good. Flash TV show. When I was growing up, my father always smoked tobacco tacos. It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird thing to smoke. Uh, this is from Nobody D from over on YouTube. Nobody D. Nobody D. Now that Invincible is over and Loki hasn't started, are you all leaning into an IPA theme podcast in the Gap? Great question. Yes, mm. I am going to be recapping this IPA. I moved over to the regular Sculpin. I wow. want to drink it. Uh, so here we go. Oh God. Mm. So right from the beginning here, I think what we can talk about is the fact that the character of the IPA is coming in very strong here. And I'm curious to get your guys take on it. I couldn't disagree with you more. I find the original uh, character of the IPA from the original hops to be a little bit more true to life. I'll tell you what. I can't believe they adapted it. I tried that recently and it just doesn't hold up. (laughs) Pete, you want to do this bit? Uh, I drink beer to get fucked up. <laughs> I can give okay. a shit what it tastes like. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, you really were the Punisher briefly there for some reason. Uh, this is from Pablo Di Martinez. Do you buy comics, either flappies or trades for the publisher or the characters and why? 
Mm. Uh, I would say the characters because that's what I'm reading about, and uh, you know, it's really about like what what's in the book. So, uh, but yeah, it's interesting. It I don't I used to be more Marvel, but I find myself reading a lot more stuff. But recently, I've been thinking like Image and Boom is killing it in such a fun, unique way that it's uh, when you got a stack of comics, their books just kind of uh are, are are i find myself having a lot a lot of fun so yeah i, think- uh, I don't oh, go ahead justin i was just say pamphlet is the is my preferred method of reading comics <laughs> wait but the question was do you read for publishers or do you read for characters well, i thought it was pamphlet or trade for a publisher or character oh. um and i do pamphlet uh based on character um yes uh yeah i think there's been times when i've been very devoted to certain publishers i think there was a point when i would read anything that arkaya was doing there was a point when i'd read anything that top shelf was doing um now though i think for the past couple of years with the metric volume of comic books that we read i've certainly become somewhat publisher agnostic and just if there's a character i like if it's i think it's also a lot more about the writers and the artists because People are jumping all over the place now. Like we were talking about on the show earlier on, even five years ago, James Tynan would be the DC guy. That's not what he is at all. And I think yeah. a lot of people have become very smart about their careers and understand understand that they can't just tie themselves to a DC or a Marvel. They also have to do an image or a boom or something like that for their creative life, uh, but also for the long term of their career. They can't just be... You know, it means a certain thing to be the Batman guy, but you can't just be the Batman guy. You got to be a storyteller in your own right and branch out into other things if you're doing yeah. your career smartly. Mm-hmm. That even Batman, um, he self publishes some of his own indie books. Oh so, yeah, it's they're dark. Not good. They're not it's good. dark. Yeah, I draw them myself. <laughs> it's about me. a guy. it's like uh he's kind of sad and i don't know he has trouble making friends he hates pearls he has a a cave apartment and his his friend's a butler and uh (laughs) and i would love the idea of batman doing zines in the 90s that would be amazing (laughs) hey i sent you my mixtape uh (laughs) <laughs> I'm really hoping to get published in Raw. Uh, this is the last one here from Jay Citizen. Uh, you all see that billboard about bringing back Tony Stark. What would your billboard say to the people who make comics movies? Uh, yes, indeed, Ooh. we did. Uh, if you didn't hear about this, this was a billboard in Los Angeles that folks put up. I keep mixing up the hashtag because it's so insane, but it was bring, yes. bring back Tony Stark to life. Is that what it was? Hashtag? Yeah, it's Tony Stark, I believe, not um, Tony Starf, but otherwise that was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Tony Starf can stay dead for all we're concerned. Yes, and I will mention, just to throw out a little pluggy plug here, we have been doing this Marvel podcast, Marvel Vision, and between Falcon of the Winter Soldier and Loki, we're doing a MCU rewatch, starting with Iron Man, ending with the Avengers. There's just enough time to do all of Phase 1 in there that is only going to be in the Marvel Vision feed, and not only are we talking about the movies themselves, but we're also talking about the movie's future. So we actually did discuss this billboard a little bit we taped the episode it'll be rolling out friday in the marvel vision feed so check it out there among other things so uh, is but... that one of the three billboards outside of ebbing missouri yeah 
Yeah, I never watched the movie, but I think so. Oh, Batman. I think it was Batman, it. Minions, and um, one for just a, a Quiznos. Tell you what, you got to Photoshop that later and tweet that out. That'll go. Quiznos, oh, man. Let's get a crush. What would your billboard say to though to the people who makes comics slash movies? Keep on going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Hashtag it would be good job. <laughs> Everything a okay over here. Fix uh, Spider Man and MJ is what mine would say. Nice. Not like bring back Thomas Jade to life. No, <laughs> bring back Alfred maybe. Mine would just be a picture um, that our friend drew of uh, Pete. Just put that on every it's everywhere I can see it. Amazing. All right, and that is it for your audience questions. Woo, woo. Thank now we're going to move to our for next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. Actually, oh. Alex, trivia, trivia is sort of my section. Nope. Uh, I don't know if you remember right. last you week. Yeah. You last did week. it one, one time. You don't get to do it again. No, nah, but I did it most recently. Yeah, okay. So well, it's... I got it. So thank you. Uh, you can sit back down. Uh, so today's trivia is... Uh, you can win $25 free dollars to Midtown Comics. All we need is a hand up, a first hand up. A first uh, hand up. Hey, I want to participate, and you will win $25 free dollars to Midtown Comics online. And, uh, yeah, yeah, all we need is a little volunteer. Uh, question here from the Wananana. Justin, did you ever hear about the Hummingbird butthole trivia from when you were gone? I didn't hear about that. What is the... While what we're is waiting that? for somebody to raise their hand, either here or on YouTube. By the way, on YouTube, you can still say hand up. There's a little bit of a delay, but it's fine. Uh, what was... Do you want to talk about this hummingbird butthole trivia, Pete? Yeah. Was that, was that topical? Uh, it was topical. It's just, you know, uh, sometimes when you miss the show, you know, if you would uh, listen back, you could, uh, you know, you could hear the fun stuff. I'll but it's a call out. Joke. Is the, uh, Lee, what, yeah, what's yeah, the... It's a call out to your? Uh, you did a character uh, for your character show oh. that me and Liwana watched, yes. and it was like it's colder than a hummingbird's butthole in an ice cream social, which we <laughs> thought was a great joke. Thank and you. Uh, you know, we wanted to bring it back around. Um, wow, oh, I we did get not. CD thirteen over on YouTube says I'll participate. Nice. All, right. All right, again, this is going to be on delay, so we're going to do that fun vamp thing here. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, CD13, you are up for trivia. All you have to do is type the letter in the comments and we'll get it going. Yeah. Pete, kick it off with the first question. Feel free to start oh. typing letters now and we'll just give you the money All in right. a second. Today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend Shock G. Please mm. listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go. Question number one. Saturday, May 1st, is free comic book day this year. Marvel will have Avengers Hulk and Spider-Man blank. Is it A, Venom, B, Spider-Gwen, or is it C, Kid Capri? So, it's either A, if you would like $25, or you could say B, Spider-Gwen. So, it's either Mm. A, Venom, or Or not. Are you excited about free comic book day this year, Pete? You're going to go out to a store? Uh, I do got to find, now that I'm in a new place, I got to find a new Mm -hmm. comic book shop. So I'm excited 
No, wait, uh, is that would, this weekend or is it next weekend? It's next, next weekend, right? Next weekend, I think. I would recommend going to Midtown Comics because they've been nice enough to sponsor the show. <laughs> well, sure, yeah, yeah, but unfortunately... Not for a while. I... Oh, yeah. Uh, um, oh, we got an answer here. The answer is A. A is correct. Here we go. Nice. Question number two. Disney is tying in which comic to its new theme park ride? Is it A, Heroes for Hire, B, Web of Spider-Man, or is it C, Ed Lover? Is it A, Heroes for Hire, B, which is the correct one, Web of Spider-Man? Now, Justin, you're a big Web of fan. You excited to go on the Disney theme park ride, Web of Spider-Man? Yes, I would go in any web-based ride. Oh, interesting. I'll tell you hmm. what. I went on the Universal Studios Spider-Man ride with my, at the time, I guess he was five years old. He was traumatized. Yeah. Really? Like, straight up traumatized. Well, he didn't really like rides anyway, but loved Spider-Man. So we were like, okay, maybe it would be okay. And I could still picture him just holding on tight, terrified as the flames and like shriek. Oh, yeah. Lady Venom jumped at him. Horrifying. I get it, though. I was terrified by Thunder Mountain Railroad when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. That's a child's ride. B. We got a B there. So B is correct. Question. Here we go. Nice. Last one. Grant Morrison is writing what DC comic coming out in July? Is it A, Superman, Son of kal B, Superman and the Authority? Mm. Or is it C, oh. Salt and Pepper? So it's either A, don't pick it, or it's B, Superman and the Authority. Oh, which... I see what you did here. You spelled out ab because you've been working out your abs lately. Ah, uh, uh, yes. That's I, exactly. I should, start, I should start doing that. That's a, that's Can a you show point. them off? You should show them off to everybody. Your washboard. Yeah, that's not a good idea. Your um, abs. Come on, Pete. I'm excited to see do the Grant Morrison the uh, shuffle, Pete. on the uh, <laughs> I'm Not Your Puppet. Uh, I'm, I'm, excited I'm not going to be able to go back to sitting in a non- spinny chair for this show. <laughs> Is oh, that a wow. superhero really? chair? They're like, yeah, I don't know. It spins around like a superhero or whatever. It's 100%. Tasmanian Devil, the original Ooh, we got a B! CD13, congratulations. You yeah. have won $25 to Midtown Comics. Uh, all you have to do is shoot us an email at comicbookclublive at gmail.com and we'll get that right off to you. And thank you for playing. Guys! Wait, wait. I got oh, yeah, we got a secret... Kevin is correct. It is who is the man. Pablo also correct. Nice job, gents. Amazing. Nice. As we all know, comics come out whenever. So what are you looking forward to? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am looking forward to uh, Bed Ray Bill, uh, number two, uh, as well as Once in Future, number 18. Mm. Mm. Justin, what about you? A couple picks there. I'm going to give it up for... um, the Marvels, uh, this book by uh, Kurt Busaic coming out tomorrow. That uh, re- really great, really great use of the Marvel universe. That feels like sort of the crossover that we haven't gotten in a long time. Every crossover is sort of focused on one tiny aspect of the Marvel universe. It feels like with some guest stars. And this book's mission statement is to tie the whole universe together with these different threads. And uh, I'm, it's really good. 
I mean, speaking of Chris, crossovers, my pick is crossover number six from Image Ooh. Comics. This is just a book that is uh, jumped to the top of my stack every single week. I love reading it. It's just wild in terms of the creative amount of ideas that Donnie Cates and Jeff Shaw are throwing in there. It's just super fun. I'm having a good time. But folks, yeah. I think that is it for this week's show. It's time to go, but we'll be back in one week. There it is. There it is. Had it lined up wrong. But a couple of people we want to thank before we go. We want to thank Juan Espinosa for coming on the show. Yeah, great to see you, Juan. Adventures of a System Admin on Kickstarter right now. Connor McCreary for The Last Witch. Issue 5 is on sale May 5th from Boom. Great book. Check that out. Super fun as well. Next week, we're going to have a packed show for May the 4th. Be with you. Alex Segura and Monica Gallagher are going to be here to talk about Comixology's The Black Ghost. As well as Alex Segura wrote a Poe Dameron novel, so that ties into the Star Wars of it all. Also, Brian E. Lau and Hylia Jones. Hylia Jones, you might know from a role on Lock and Key on Netflix, are going to be here to talk about their comic book, Staunch Ambition. So it should be a super fun show. A couple of things to plug. As we mentioned, Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast, has begun rolling out weekly episodes talking through Phase 1 of the MCU, along with some special guests. Podvincible, our Invincible podcast, is just finishing up this week. we got one last episode. That's it for Season (laughs) 1. Riverdale After Dark or Riverdale Podcast is back for some special episodes, so check those out. And we're doing special behind-the-scenes coverage of how we make the podcast with that, right? Oh, my God. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Patreon.com slash comic book club to support Woo! the show. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen. At Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Until next time, good night. Good night. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Alice, Justin just locked himself out of the hole. Oh, got their pair in the hallway picture. That's not up to date. That's not the real Captain America. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.